This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Parish Property Chronicles. In this episode, I'm thrilled to have as my guest, Nicole Champagnol, founder of Elastique, an architectural and design firm based in Paris. Nicole has overseen the renovation of residential and commercial properties throughout France, Spain, and England. Let's hear how she can stretch the limits of your space. Nicole, thank you for joining us in the studio today. I really appreciate you coming to speak to us here at the Paris Property Chronicles. Architecture was a second career for you. Can you tell us how you came to be a design architect and why you chose it as a career? Well, um, I wanted to be an architect when I was 18, uh, but my dad at the time didn't want to pay for me studying architecture. He said, um, there's no way you're going to study for five or eight years and earn no money. So um, I went to business school instead. And after a few years in the wine business, uh, I had a life change. Uh, That's where... um, I met my husband and I wanted to move to, I mean, it was easier to move to England. I didn't know what to do. Uh, it was in the wine business. Um, am I going to work with him or for his competitors? That was a very bad idea. So I decided maybe there is an opportunity for me to change completely uh, my uh, path and to go back to studying. And um I had an interview with a very, very exciting uh, head of architecture department in the University of Leeds. And she explained to me that what I wanted to do wasn't architecture. In fact, it was interior design. And I didn't know what it was. I said, what is that? Is that decoration? And she said, no, everything you say is about remodeling existing buildings. It's not about creating your own a new built piece of building in the, in the land is about changing what exists. So this remodeling thing was what came to me, and I didn't know it was uh, it existed as a career. And that's why I started to um, I decided to go back to university and dis- and study interior architecture. How old were you when you, okay, so you went to undergrad, you went to university in France, and then you decided to go abroad um, and work in the wine business. How old, how long did you work in, in, in the wine business? And then how old were you when you decided to reinvent yourself uh, to become a design architect? I was just, I just turned uh, 30 and I worked for, I think it was eight years before in the wine business. I was traveling a lot. I was an export manager for a wine company in the south of France. So that's when I decided to move from the south of France to the north of England. So it's a big change. And how long were the studies at Leeds for you to become a design architect? So I had to do, I, I thought because I did... Um, uh, master's before, master's degree before, so I thought, okay, I'll have some equivalence or something, but of course nothing was exactly in the same topic. So I studied for, uh, it was four years, and uh, it was uh, it was great fun, and, and, and then I started to be with youngsters again, and I was already a man, and I was having a family life, and... Uh, 
it was kind of fun, interesting. You're much more focused than when you are 18, really. You know what you're doing that, and, and you work and work and work. So I achieved a lot more. But not only that, I mean, you're, so you had two kind of academic experiences, both in terms of your age, but also in terms of culture. Mm. So in France and in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that experience led you to come back to France? How, what brought you back to practice your... Wow. Did you work in, in architecture yes. in the UK? Yes, I work in architecture in the UK. I was, uh, I first work, uh, I mean, it was in, um, um, I was designing nightclubs and I was, um, uh, I was a freelance. Uh, I work for offices as well. And uh, in fact, it was kind of difficult to find, um, because I was rigid, already more mature and I was a junior designer and it's kind of difficult to find uh, a position in a company where most of your managers are actually younger than you so it was a bit odd for them and uh, I decided to squeeze all my wine experience in my CV so I, I will only talk about design and that's that's all because it was kind of intimidating for people. So, and uh, I, I moved back to France. That was um, a personal reason with my ex-husband, uh, the father of my daughter. We decided to spend some years in the UK and he was also going to move there for professional reasons. And then we'll come back to France to, so it was an agreement beforehand. So I spent eight years in the UK and then moved back to France. And you started working in uh, design architecture here in France. Mm-hmm. And when did you start Elastique and why the name Elastique? <laughs> so I was an employee. I work for uh, um, two uh, practices doing commercial design, mainly restaurants and shops. And then I started Elastique in 2005. Um, 2005, and the name Elastic, um, it was, first of all, uh, it was um, to express the flexibility you need to uh, listen to people, to understand what they need, and to apply it to design, and not, you're not an artist, you're not going to create your own piece of art, you, you apply, it's applied, and you need the flexibility to listen to that. And it's also to do with um, a space. I think it's quite rigid. Walls are rigid. and But in fact, if you do good design, you can make it appear bigger, uh, lighter, um, more exciting if, if you apply good, good, uh, good principles of design. So that was the, the idea behind Elastic. And I also, also wanted a name that could be uh, understandable both in French and in English. So that's where the name came from. And it's a, a bit weird to think of architecture. It's normally quite rigid and and you have principle of uh, physics and elastic is the opposite. I mean, it's also physics in a way. Elasticity is also physics. It works in every sense of the, the word, both in terms of how you interact with your clients, how you interact with your space, and just how you, what kind of, you know, joy you get out of providing those, those, those services. Mm-hmm. So it is very flexible, as you said. Um, 
you've worked on both commercial and residential properties. Is your approach to these types of projects different, or are they the same? Or I'm not sure the division is between commercial and residential. I would say um, what is very different is a shop is certainly different because when you design a shop, what comes first is the product and you are designing a kind of case for this product. So you need to be subtle behind what needs to come first to the eye is the product. When you design a restaurant or a, a hotel or a residential um, property, is the, 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 the user comes first. So is to rest, is to enjoy, is to um, eat and this kind of thing. I mean, it's more the the the. the, the the ergonomics um, uh, comes first, uh, function, and you need to think about the user before the brand and the product. So it's a different way of working. But then, of course, you need to take into account what people want, their needs, their aspiration, at what, and what you can do with the space available and the budget. And how do you work with your clients in helping them realizing um, their space? What, 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 how do you approach it? Because people have different tastes. People have different budgets. Um, and it's not unusual for people who have a very modest budget to want a very grand <laughs> space. How do you work within the confinements of all those different variables when you're working with your client to help them realize their projects? Well, um, First of all, you can work, you can do everything for them. You can design and, and, and price and implement. And, and during the design phase itself, um, we very often talk about money and budget. And, and taste is fine. If you prefer green to red, that's absolutely fine. But if you, if you want... Uh, custom-made furniture and want to pr pay the price of Ikea, then that doesn't work. So you always have to bring back to reality. So, um, and that applies both to, um, I would say, more to residential people. They have, uh, if it's their main home, if it's their second or third or fourth property, then normally it's easier because they've got the experience. They know all their dream cannot fit into a space. Uh, if it's young families or uh, it's like, this is my dream home, this is going to be my Paris dream home, and, and then it doesn't fit because they say they want that and that and that, but of course, of course, we only have that amount of money and it, that doesn't work. But then you need, just need to explain well, you're going to have to choose between that and that, or this costs that. He said, oh, right, okay. So you basically so, have to prior you have to help them prioritize absolutely. what's important. Absolutely. And normally, uh, I, I, I prefer people to say, well, I've got 
decent amount of money available, which a lot of people are reluctant to say because they say, well, she's going to spend it all. Or, <laughs> but it's, it helps designing because if you, if, you, if you know roughly what you're about to spend, then, then you, you can say, okay, well, let's forget about this custom-made thing. Let's move into that and customize that and make it more uh, appropriate. And, um, and, and that, that helps. Um, yes, so that's, that's the way... Normally, we it's it's easier to to target a budget. Okay, we'll talk about our collaborations in a little bit later. But I want to talk a little bit about the services that you provide because you you do space planning. I mean, tell us uh, all the different components of what you can provide for someone who's interested to to renovate their their Paris apartment. So first of all, we need to know we need to have a good base. So. I work on plans, so I do layout, I do survey, I do. I need to understand the plumbing, the uh, the light, the space, uh, if it can be changed, what is structural, not structural, uh, the heat, comfort. I mean, do we need insulation or whatever? So all of that is basically what is there to start from. Then um, I, what I like doing is I like to uh, answer the idea that the client had. He said, well, I want that, 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 and that. So I said, okay, if you take your ideas, we apply it to the space. This is what, it, what I can create with that. But with the same space and the same budget, we could achieve that or that or that. And mm. I draw it. And... Very often, uh, it creates new ideas, new opportunities they haven't seen immediately. So they say, well, well, I haven't thought about that. Or if we had, for instance, at the moment I work on a split floor apartment, and they assume um, we'll have the living space where the front door is. So we'll have the living space, and then you have the bedroom on the on the on the next floor up, but of course the light was much nicer up there. So I told them a very basic idea, but why don't you have the bedrooms as you walk in and you walk up to your living space, the, the main area? I said, oh right, wow, we haven't thought about that, and 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 somehow it works for them because and logically that's inverse to yeah, what we would think about. Of course, and 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 because that's. We all the time trying to switch places over and and move. I mean, working with the whatever is possible in terms of plumbing and everything, and structure. But 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 then you come up with idea that hopefully make a, a much better value for the for people. Said, oh wow, we never thought about that, and we love this idea, and we'll take that. And very often we come up with three, four, five different layouts and. People pick and choose, so it's also there's also an idea of uh, for them to be creative with those ideas, and they p pull together and they say, "Oh, I like that, and can we combine that with that?" And and if it works, perfect. And then and then you've got the feeling we're coming back to the elastic, and if you've got two people pulling it, then it, it it takes shape. I mean, the shape is coming up, and 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 you create the space together, and that's that's really cool. Okay, so there's a space planning, and then there's validation of the plans, and then what can you provide your clients next? 
So then, then you need to, to detail it. Uh, so when you have a, a general layout, then you need to go into detailing what kind of finishes we're going to use and what kind of lighting we're going to have. And, and so you go into masses of details and with those details, you can price properly. So then you have contractors who know what they have to, um, to price. And they know what they need to do and, and you don't have any bad surprises because it's not the same cost of fitting very small tiles as opposed to very big ones or to use very expensive wood as opposed to very cheap laminate. So basically you're detailing. Uh, so normally the, 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 the preliminary design and, and the detailing and the specifications are lump sums. And then you, uh, I can have things priced and then um, I can follow the building site for people. And I can do, uh, and I like to go on site and check with my eyes what's going on to make sure, uh, even if everything is details on drawings, you need to make sure the builders have seen all the details that are in the drawing. And normally they don't. You need to go through them with them. And then I can supply uh, different um, pieces of furniture or finishes to, to at the end of the project. So it can be a la carte, lump sum, or time and material. There's different ways to work. Well, so you can provide your clients who are interested to renovate their apartment the plans. You can help manage the renovations. You can work on the finishes and details uh, of the of the outfitting the apartment uh, and also the furniture and furniture Absolutely. and fixtures and, and drapes and everything else. Absolutely. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about when, we're, when you're in the renovation phase, are there certain approvals that you need with the, either with the co-ownership or with the city for things that, that just come into your mind so people have an idea of what, what, what approvals they need? Well, yes, they're, they're, they're basically everything that is visible from the outside, you need approval from the town hall and uh, the architect de bâtiment de France. So everything that is visible, you don't touch. And um, before getting planning permission from the town hall, you need uh, the agreement of your co-owners. So basically everything that is structural and anything that needs approval from the town hall, you're going to have to discuss it with your uh, co-owners. So that, that, that are the rules, basically. So don't touch anything structural. Just uh, uh, use the existing plumbing and and you'll be okay okay um are there any current projects that you're working on of, of interest anything related to whether it be uh, sustainability or environment you know things that are green spaces tell uh, is, what projects are you working on right now um so um, one one project that has been really really difficult to um to start for exactly the, 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 what we were talking about, about regulations, is trying to get approval. Uh, it's about for disabled access, trying to have an entrance uh, through uh, the courtyard uh, because uh, the person with a wheelchair couldn't maneuver in the um, normal um, entrance door. And we had to get approval from... Uh, the co-owners, and that was a very nasty piece of 
experience. Mm. It's like people say, well, we don't want to change our very nice property. Even though it's for someone who needs um, the ability to access their own building. And, and it wasn't, it, it was actually because the, the, the architect de Bâtiment de France agreed. He was coming back to the original design of the building uh, because it was a ground floor and it was originally used for horses. And, and the, the, the doors were all that shape around the courtyard. So it was coming back to the original design. But we had to move a little tree in the in, in the garden, and they didn't like that. Oh, la, la. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and they said, well, we don't understand why you want to come and live in the Marais. There are plenty of very high-rise buildings in the 19th arrondissement. Why don't you go there in the towers with your wheelchair? It's like uh, p- uh, sidewalks, pavements are so narrow in the Marais. It's not very good for you. <laughs> and that was so embarrassing. So um, so that was a long, long process. But you prevailed? Yes. Okay. So Victories. Good. Yes. <laughs> that's positive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, and also a very long, another long process is uh, a glass extension on the ground floor again for a family who wanted to create an extra bedroom while living in the property. And uh, it took us six years to win the vote of the co-owners. So again, we got planning permission from the town hall but they had to come back to different uh, every year to bring it back with different arguments and basically paying a lot more. Uh, and they got it. And they've got a beautiful place now. But, God, it was long. <laughs> so for our listeners, even though it uh, sometimes it can be difficult, it can be done. It can be done. It's yes. feasible. Yes, it is. We've worked together. On mm-hmm. several projects in, in different aspects, um, and some of our uh, most of our collaborations have come up with some beautiful spaces that my clients are extremely happy with the results of the projects um, that we've worked on, which we've worked together. Do you have your favorites? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> we always do. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give names, but it's 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 more. Um, one client we had was really happy, uh, very good at making decisions. So uh, when you send different options, it was uh, someone I've never met. I didn't know. I had to do a presentation like we're talking now on the radio. You've mm. never seen face to face. And we've been going through the, the project, the presentation, and it would say, I like that, don't like that, I like that, I like that, go for that, okay, go. And that I remember amazing. this client, and I will, <laughs> he'll, he, he shall remain nameless as well. <laughs> and that was fantastic. I love people who are able to make decisions and to stick to it, even if you forgot about it sometimes. Say, why are we doing that? I said, well, because you decided to do that. Said, okay, let's stick with it. And that's fantastic. And basically, people would trust you. And you can move forward and do do things. I mean, it's fantastic. Really, really enjoy the collaboration. That's great. So going with the elastic theme and extending, um, you've also extended the borders of your current projects outside <laughs> of France. Where what projects have you worked on outside of France and where are they what kinds of what kinds of projects are they? 
Well, in fact, it's uh, like most of my projects, it's always opportunities, it's people. Uh, so it's my Parisian clients. Some of my Parisian clients have uh, um, holiday homes. So that took me to the south of France, Riviera. And then it took me to Spain, and then I have a holiday home in Spain. And then I, I decided, well, that would be nice to work a bit more around here. And it's also around who you meet again on, on because the further you go, when I first came back to France, for instance, when I was working for this company, um, this practice, I was doing restaurants uh, around Europe for them. Mm-hmm. And I had to have collaboration then. And I remember a project in Brussels and the local architect wasn't telling me anything. And when I turned around, when I, when I went there to visit the site, I realized they weren't doing what we needed. And uh, so you need to have trust in these people. And when you come around and it's too late, then you have a lot of problem. So in Spain, uh, it's also about who you meet. And I've got a, a good local architect um, who can do all the specifications in Spanish, who knows the administration, because it's not an easy thing. In France, it's not easy, but uh, in Spain, wow. You actually read my mind because I know that sometimes, you know, I, I'm obviously from North America, I'm from the U.S., and getting things done, there's always things that take longer. Or, But in France, it can be quite challenging to get things <laughs> done and in the time frame that you want. But in Spain, it's a whole other different animal, isn't it? Absolutely. So the the instruction, planning permission, for instance, said, how long does it take? Well, you know, in England is 10 weeks. In Paris, well, for that, theoretically, for planning, it's going to be two months. Of course, it's never two months, but they play on that. They pretend they spend two, two months. So they're going to ask you 20 questions to make the delay go. But in Spain, they don't. They put it on the pile and they say, well, at the moment, we're doing pretty good. It should be for about four months. And this one took nine. It's oh like, dear. so you, you call every week or every two weeks and you say, well, you're getting closer on the pile. You sh- should be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> How can you plan work? It's, it's quite challenging, but but that's the way it is. And you can't change the culture. And you come in this culture, you, you have to live uh, as it is. So that's fine. It's all been very exciting listening to you talk about your projects, both in France and in Spain. Where can our um, listeners see your projects, either online or through social media or on your website? So the website is called Elastic, like the company name, uh, with a C, and uh, .fr. And Instagram, uh, there are a few projects there, and it's uh, Elastic Paris. That's the address. So they can see a few images. Well, I really appreciate you coming in to studio today to talk to us about your projects and Elastique. And once again, you can uh, see Nicole's projects online at her website at www.elastique.fr um, to see the projects that she's worked on both in, in France and maybe other places as well. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to maybe if you're interested the stretch the limits of your space, you can do so with Nicole. At Elastique. Thank you again. Thank you.
I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles, property tailored for you. 